Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. Welcome to the Women in Tech Weekly Remix episode. Three, two, one. My name is Esprit Devora, host of the Women in Tech show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. Hey, this is Lauren Popish, founder of The Wave Podcasting and Swell. We help women start and grow podcasts. I'm based in Los Angeles. I am a very process-oriented person as well. And I worked at a real estate tech startup, which I mentioned earlier, that I feel like taught me what good both product development and company development looks like in that you a couple concepts that I took with me were the concept of MVP. Start with the minimum viable product, the thing that you can put out the quickest. Don't perfect before doing it and getting it out to get the information that you need to know if it'll be successful. So after working with podcasters for a year, the big thing that was coming out, I realized, is that It always seems like starting a podcast is the hardest part, but it really isn't. It's the growing of the podcast and the longevity and sticking with it. And because it's such a production-heavy medium, I was getting drowned with requests and questions about how to grow my podcast, how to take it to the next level, how to monetize it. I'm six months in. What now? The what now question, like what's next, kept coming up. And I was like, you know, there just aren't enough resources out there. There are a number of ways to grow your podcast, but one important aspect that I don't think a lot of indie or like smaller podcasters realize is they need to be spending the majority of their time promoting their show in a really active way, right? Being on other podcast shows, going to new communities and promoting their show. And yet the majority of podcasters spend the majority of their time producing their show. So Passing off, if you only have so many hours in a week to work on podcasting, removing the tasks from your own plate that are time intensive and tedious is actually a growth strategy. And so here I am recommending to podcasters every week, I'm like, you need more time, not necessarily in the week, but you need to reallocate your time. You can't be the voice in the face and the person spreading the message about your podcast and stuck behind a computer editing. The math isn't going to work out in terms of how much you need to be out there. So here I am a broken record, right? Telling people this again and again. And they're saying, well, what service should I use? Where should I go? So I inevitably end up doing all of this research about podcast editing to see what's out there. You can hire an individual, but you run the risk of really needing to be able to vet them properly and know enough about audio editing to determine if they're a good editor. And then you have all these other services that range from being quite expensive and working primarily with enterprise companies down to ones that clearly offer inexpensive services, quick turnarounds. What they don't say is 
the reason they can offer that is because they use talent in developing countries. So even though that's not clearly stated, that is what's happening in the back end. I couldn't confidently recommend to my podcasters who exactly to go with. You know, I knew some folks. And so I said to myself, how do we solve this problem? And people were actually asking me, like, are you also a production house? Can you do this work for me? And I was like, me, Lauren Popish? No, I cannot get behind the computer more than I already am. But how can I how can I solve this need? And there it is, right? You see a problem, you want to address it with your own solution. So I had in my previous role in working in tech, worked a lot with professionals in developing countries and hiring outsourced talent. It's just one of my strengths. The ability to get skilled professionals all over the world, you speak with tech professionals all over the world, there is no limit to the number of people who are who are skilled. And yet if cost is a barrier for women, which I believe it is, then it's a great way to globalization as a concept enables you to do that. And I'm a proponent of it. I don't think there's any shame in that game. I do, however, think that you should be transparent about the way that you run your company and you should be good and never exploit people based on where they live and where they have to live or choose to live. So I was like, I know that I can get the talent to come together. What I don't necessarily know is how to make it feel productized, how to create a portal, an interface where the client can interact with the editor in a way that is just seamless. I started getting some video editing work done because I started a YouTube channel, as one does when you're 31 years old. Like, who am I? I uh, started this YouTube channel and started needing a lot of video editing work. And that's the platform they were using. And I went to the founder and I said, hey, uh, you're a trans, he's a Gen Zer, of course. And he's like, yeah, I'll share everything with you. Now, I love that culture of transparency, right? Because I believe in it too. He's like, I didn't invent this application. I just use it. I just found it. And so after vetting it, I realized it would be the right platform for me too. Hi everyone, my name is Kadesh Shakur and I work at Northwestern Mutual as a software engineer. I am based in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. <laughs> I think if someone was supposed to shadow me for a day, they'd be very bored. <laughs> I code, <laughs> I code for most of the day. Most days in the week I am coding and what, what, what does that mean? Our lovely project manager, he organizes our work into what is called sprints, which is basically just like two weeks of work that we need to do. And so I will pick up a ticket from that sprint and work on it. It could be as simple as um, fix the text content on this button on the page, but a button is never a button. So <laughs> it could take days to do, but so I'll pick up a ticket and I'll work on the ticket. Many days I have like meetings, so team meetings, external organizational meetings, meetings about meeting. So some days meetings I'm about meetings. meetings about meeting. <laughs> like on Thursdays, it's just from 10 a.m. to like 2 or 3 p.m. It's just meetings. And so I don't do any like work work. <laughs> I just be in meetings and do trainings. But a typical day look like so at 10 a.m we have stand up which is just a team meeting how are you doing what did you work on yesterday do you have any issues do you have any concerns after our stand-up meeting then i get to work so i pick up a ticket and i work on the ticket all day which is great 
I don't have to talk to anyone. I don't have to fix anyone's problems. It's just me and the computer and I love it. It's yeah, funny. It's very boring. <laughs> I think I forget what it's called. Time boxing. It's so important. Like mm-hmm. Wednesdays, which today is Wednesday when we're recording this is my meeting day. And if I had meetings all week long, I feel it would be so disruptive. And I have Ooh. some meetings here and there. But like, I know on Tuesdays, I'm going to have my own space and time to handle exactly. what I need to handle. Yeah. So it's really important to be intentional with our time and to batch things as much as possible. In your day to day work life, what's one tool, website, app, software that you just absolutely love and can't live without? Yeah. So one thing that really helps me as a junior developer is keeping notes on the things I'm learning and the problems I encounter. So I use the Microsoft app. What is it called? OneNote. So I use OneNote to keep track of all my days. So like at stand up, I know exactly what I did um, last January because everything is documented. And that helps me to not only grow, but it helps me to, if I come across the same issue, I can go back to my notes. I can search it, which makes it super easy. And I can also, for my reviews, I can pull up everything I did for the year and say, hey, manager, here's all the wonderful things I did, um, which is what I did last year. And I had an excellent review, which is wild. I was like, wow, I did a lot of work. Hey, my name is Haley Hamer. I am a product owner at Healthcare Finance Direct, a healthcare fintech crossover startup in Bakersfield. I appreciate that. Yeah, I've always been told that I'm wise beyond my years. (laughs) Maybe I'm just an old grandma in a 23-year-old's body. But yeah, I I was super into it. And one other thing I was going to say, I was actually really lucky to have a very good professor who I still keep in contact with to this day. I actually work with him, which is really awesome. Um, And he actually pulled me aside halfway through the semester and was like, hey, you know, you're really good at this, right? And I needed that because I don't have a lot of self-confidence. I don't think I, at that point, even until he said that, had even thought of pursuing that as a career. But he said, hey, like, you should seriously think about studying this full time. Like, where are you going with math? Like, where do you want there? Because this can give you so much more. And that seriously changed my whole trajectory for my life. I approached that class as just a a checkbox on my path to get my math degree and move on with my life. Right. But he kind of made me take a step back and say, Hey, you don't have to take this one road that you foresaw for yourself Mm -hmm. since you were what 14 years old. I've decided I liked math the best and wanted to study that, you know, he said, you know, like, let's shake that up a little bit. Let's take a step back and let's kind of realign what we're looking at and what the future is and all the potential that the technology field holds. And I'm so lucky, absolutely lucky that that happened to me because my life would be so different now if he wouldn't have taken the time and the effort and the initiative to pull me aside and say, hey, you can do this. Yeah. And that's what I hope to create with all the community work I do. We all need like a cheering section. Like it's just a a fundamental human need, even if your love language is not affirmations. (laughs) Like I think it's just, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong because my love language is affirmations. No, no, mine's (laughs) not. And I absolutely need to be told that I'm doing a good job or else I assume I'm doing a bad job. And again, that could also be a character flaw, but no, it, it means so much to have people that genuinely want to see you succeed. And not only that, but believe you can, mm-hmm. because that's all the difference in the world. hundred percent, hundred percent. And I want to get into like what your work life is today. But before that, throughout your journey, being in tech, what is a huge obstacle you've successfully overcome and how did you overcome it? 
Yeah, that's a wonderful question. Obstacles is probably what we were talking about. I can dive into it a little bit more. I think that I've always assumed the worst in my abilities and I've always thought the worst and my brain always likes to go to the worst scenario. So I can give a pretty good example. So a while back, I remember something went wrong with maybe like an analysis project I was doing or something like that. Nothing big or groundbreaking, but you know, something happened that I felt upset and I felt the need to apologize to my coworkers and be like, Hey, I'm sorry. I let you down. I'm sorry. I didn't hit this deadline or whatever it was. And then I think, what was it? Like maybe a couple weeks later, I ended up getting a call and getting an offer to take a new role in my company as a product owner. And I remember talking to my mom because my mom is one of my biggest cheerleaders. And she's like, Haley, you're like a broken record. Time and time again, you tell me you don't think you're good enough. You don't think that you're built for this line of work. You don't think that you deserve to be where you're at. And then time and time again, something comes along to show you, hey, you're doing a good job. And I was like, ah, woman, you're right. And so it's just this constant battle with myself of staying humble, but also not letting that drag me down from my own potential from saying, okay, yeah, I'm not the best, but I'm absolutely also not the worst. You know, I'm doing a great job. I'm, I'm growing, I'm learning. I have a lot to offer. I have a unique perspective to offer and all those things. And so, yeah, it's just, it's been a daily battle to wake up in the morning and say, Hey, I I know I have a long way to go, but look how far I've come. I don't need to focus on, Oh, I'm lacking here in X, Y, Z, but I've also improved in ABC, you know? So it's an interesting one. It's, It's a deep, it's a deep one. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.